0: And then with the school, on this project, we, we planted 17 trees. Inside, that was a compromis. Eh? Mm. So the 17 trees we planted was was a, a deal for cutting all these trees down on this, <laughs> on this playground. Yeah, okay, it's something. If you didn't have this compromis, you had nothing. But yeah, you can't really compare 17 young trees with 17 big trees. We did this project with the, the schools and they planted these trees which was really nice. Stick your neck out. The weekly podcast of the Giraffe Heroes Foundation.
1: Guerrilla gardeners tend to work wherever a natural presence is needed. Sometimes they work outside of the legal system. Guerrilla gardening is a global ecological movement that focuses on caring for neglected public space. Welcome to Stick Your Neck Out, a podcast to restore your faith in humanity. Every Tuesday, you are going to get the chance to get to know one of the giraffe heroes, who they are, and what they fight for. We are going to present you inspiring stories of people saving our world, making it better. My name is Jean-Pierre Aguirre Duragnona, and my guest today is giraffe hero Hendrik Heas a veterinarian who became a tree and bee activist. Hendrik, you gave up your doctor career to engage yourself in the struggle to sustain bees and trees, first and foremost in your local community. You are fighting in Bassevelde, a small rural municipality in the northwest of Belgium, to make an all-inclusive habitat for people, bees and trees alike, by all possible means. Hendrik, you are a green activist, a good gardener, Tell me,
0: how can I picture your activism? It was from an organization who in Dutch is called the Bosgroep Group of Bos Plus. It's uh, an organization that's planting forests in Belgium, but also in, in in America. Yeah, they did an action, the Yes We Can action, along one of the uh, highway that's running through our village. And they planted a lot of trees there. And yeah, that's a bit where I started with this uh, guerrilla gardening. In fact... It started a bit earlier, where I live, my parents live, there were two big trees there. There was a triangle, uh, a green triangle inside the road. There were big, big trees and for during my whole youth they were, were there. So they were a kind of reference point for me and all of a sudden they cut it and they wanted to put this triangle green area into concrete so I went a bit <laughs> a bit crazy on it, so I, I wrote to the village, oh, you can do that and, that, 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 and you have to plant something new, so they planted one tree. But yeah, I, I just took shrubs and I planted the whole thing full, so that was my first action of guerilla planting. And then I followed with this action of this uh, boss plus group, so this, this forest group. So we planted a lot of trees. And then, and then I went further and further and I went inside organizations such as Natuurpunt who are dealing with nature conservation. But also in Milieu uh, Milieuraad in, uh, in our village, that's an advisory board who advises the village to take measures, uh, nature questions and environment questions. And then I, we made a bee working group, especially to work around bees and especially not really the bees but to provide to provide food for them because that was our conclusion there is just not enough food for these bees in this green desert that we live in Uh, so we are really working around that right now
1: Uh, in your presentation on our kickoff event last friday you talk about a green desert Are we talking about these new tree planting techniques in desertified, poor and or rocky areas?
0: Uh, With green deserts, I mean that I live in the the countryside. And uh, the countryside, yeah, you think it's not in the city. It it is a green area and uh, people think it is. But if you look closer... You see uh, the color is green, but there are no flowers left. So there there are monocultures of grass, of potatoes, of maize, of grain. But there is no flower in it. So the bees or biodiversity doesn't have anything to do with with, with this green that you see. So that's a desert. And also in the building, I see, so the living areas, we see that around the houses there are all lawns. Lawns that they spray against flowers, that the flowers won't come up inside the lawn, so they are all green, but without any chance for insects to survive there. So that's what I mean by green deserts. And there are ways, so in agriculture there are ways you can solve it. So you have the agroecology and agroforestry, and these are new techniques that you can use to include nature in the, the farming process. But that's not really something as an individual that you can do something about. It's, that's something the, the, the farming uh, organization has to introduce. What we do with our bee working group is more about convincing people to yeah to change the law to plant more trees, to plant more shrubs, to plant more flowers, to not always mow the lawn once a week, that the flowers are inside, it they can bloom, insects kind of thing. And also for uh, the village council, uh, the public space, we make plans and we say to the, to the village, so you can plant d- these trees there and that there. And so we are trying to make this green desert less of a desert and more a blooming area. Uh, for our uh, bees so you have this
1: uh, i mean you're talking about this big uh village where you have like everything or where you grow up tell us a little bit more about how how can i picture it how can i see this this village of here?
0: well yeah it's a small village i think three thousand people that, that are living there it's an agricultural village so you have the center of the village and then yeah it fades away and then you have agriculture so in the center of the village, that's where I live now. I, I lived, I used to live with my parents a long time. Eh? And that was in the in the agriculture, so really on the countryside. Eh? So not in the center of the village, on the countryside. I lived there yeah, a great uh, part of my life. It is really big, it has 20,000 square meters, something like that. We had a lot of animals, a lot of green. So, yeah, I was really into this green from my youth on. But then, yeah, I went to school, right to high school, to university. I became uh, a doctorate, so I did my doctorate, PhD. So I was—I think I was more busy with that and also with cycling. I did a lot of cycling then. It was my passion. But then when this happened with these trees, it changed a bit. Mm. And then also I moved to this uh, big, our big garden inside uh, the center of the village, which was once of my grandfather. He bought it in the early 80s or end 70s. Okay. It was really a very, very nice garden. So yeah, it's a small paradise inside the... The village of Bosseveld. Inside there's green desert effect. And my goal is to increase this paradise because I started, I think 2009, 2010, with bees. So first with the classic beekeeping, that was a bit a disaster. I changed and do more uh, natural beekeeping. So in our garden there are, uh, I think, nine hives now. Yeah, and we see, like I said, there have not enough food. So I want to increase this amount of food by increasing our garden to the surroundings. And that's what we do now. We want to plant, 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 plant all over the place. <laughs> so
1: what can I as an individual do to help reforesting? Because you want to plant, and plant, and plant, plant but plant, what can yeah. I do,
0: I mean? Well, that's a problem, eh? we, we, are, we are limited in our planting, eh? in our own garden, we can plant it full, but that's the problem with bees, when you have sheep, and they are within the fence, they eat what you give them eh? to eat, but bees, they are there, they, have, they fly in the periphery of three kilometers, eh? so that's big, that's the whole center of our village. Yeah. So there you have to provide the food, you can't do it alone, so you have to create an awareness in the people, with the people in the village, that uh, our bees have no food, so we have to create an additional source of food, so we need your garden, in fact, eh? that's what it is, your garden now is a alone. Eh? bees don't have anything, they, they, they can't find food there. Eh? So we try to convince them, first of all, to get the awareness of where yeah, there is a problem. You live in a green village, but it's a green desert, it's not really a green village. And then, yeah, you have to, you have to come up with some actions to, to plant at least one, one tree in your garden or just some square meters that, that you can rewild or you can seed some flowers. So the people, in fact, can help and if they just plant one tree in their garden, in a village, in a building estate of 200 gardens, you have a small forest. eh? Mm. You have a a bee-friendly forest. In fact, in Flanders, when you take all uh, gardens, it takes 8% of the surface of Flanders eight uh, percent is more than you have nature uh, fields, fields of nature inside Flanders. So if you, if we rewild all these, <laughs> all these gardens, yeah, we have a, we have a new forest. Just eh? yeah. matter yeah. of speaking. So if so, if everyone just plants one tree, we have a small forest inside. That would be Austin. great. That would, that would great. be great. I,
1: I remember Friday you talked and and showed us a picture, um, actually two pictures. It was some kind of before and after. On the first one you could see like this beautiful green garden with a playground kind of. On the other picture you you showed us like like there was a big cement house over there.
0: Yeah, that that was a shocking, shocking picture. And I was three and I'm still I'm still <laughs> mad about it. Eh? That that's the village council who does that. that. So that's a public space. It was a playground. Uh, Next to the playground was this small, small amount of trees. Yeah, you can't call it you can't call it a forest, but yeah, the children were playing there playing inside Cross. the forest. But yeah, on the plan it's it's colored as building area. So you can build there. But yeah, then I gathered some people because it's a playground and and, and nature is so important for children so I I I gathered people signed a petition I think I had almost 200 signs but yeah the village council they just wanted some money because they just built a a community house so they needed some money and that that would give them money so they just sold it and they um, they cut down all the trees and they put a really cement house and then the surroundings around it are also there's no water infiltration it's just horrible and there was nothing you can do about it you can't do nothing about. it. I tried. I, I wrote objections to government and things like that. But it's yeah. If they want to do it, they can do it because it's colored as building area. Yeah. So in fact, the whole of the village is building area. Also, our garden is little paradise. Yeah, every year they call. Eh? Can you sell it to us? If we want to to build on it. And they can if, if the family says, okay, yeah, okay, mm. we've had it, so you sell it, then they come 25 houses on, on, that, sp- yeah, <laughs> on yeah, that space. Yeah. And it's a bit crazy that it's possible. Yeah.
1: I think you talked something about being with some kids and planting some yeah, trees. Yeah, something.
0: Yeah, 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 because it's the future. Eh? The kids is the future. There should be an educational component. We are working with uh, creating awareness. Eh? Uh, like André Wermelinger, who did the podcast l- last week, he's more inside the bees. We have bees, we are working with bees, but they are more a measure to say, like the canary and the coal mines, eh? mm. to say, so fun, yeah, now we have this, this colony, we are September, they, now in fact they should be full of honey to become through the winter, yeah. Mm. So this hive we put in, inside the tree, we, we lowered it, we looked, there's not one drop of honey in it because of this green desert. So that creates some awareness. But most important part is that you go to schools eh? and that the the children, that, that you learn them eh? how important nature is. And mm. that a bee is not something you have to be afraid of because it stings you and yeah. it, it just ha- has a cause. And when it stings you, yeah, are right, it's part of life. Mm. Because mm. the bee is so it's important. If you ride your bike, and there's something on the road and you fall. Yeah, shouldn't we ride our bike then? It's yeah, just right. an accident. Eh? Yeah, it accident. happens. It happens. Yeah, yeah. So the bee is there. It has an important role in our life. And if it stings you, yeah, maybe you, you were too close or you... Like Fabian, my son, he has always the habit to... <laughs> To really be friendly with it eh? and to yeah to cuddle it. Yeah, and okay. he had done a uh, bombus and hummel ho- in Dutch it's a homel and no really the the, the words in, in, in English. But they are the, the larger bees where it's really hairy. Okay, okay, and
1: these bumblebees. The, the bumblebees, yeah. Yes, bumblebees, right. Yeah.
0: And he wanted to cuddle it and all of a sudden the bumblebee didn't like it. So in his thumb and he came, took stuck me. So I explained it I said, yeah, he 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 didn't like it. And after two minutes, he was gone off again. Yeah. <laughs> and after 10 minutes, he was again, <laughs> cuddling, again cuddling. cuddling the, the bees. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's really beautiful to see how these children, in fact, yeah, from inside, they, they, they are really inside this nature. They don't have this this fear. We, yeah. we, we learn them to have this fear. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah. We, Just with
1: this, watch out, watch out. Yeah. Can, something can happen whatsoever, then... You, you just learn the first time to, to be scared of yeah. anything. Ne?
0: And that was in another part of... Uh, we have the, the project with, with our uh, Weissen Siphoner Hängekorb. So these special uh, uh, homes for, for bees that we hang inside the tree. And we hanged it inside the big tree on this playground. Yeah, and then you have the questions because you have to... The village has to allow you to do that because it's it's it's, it's property of the village. Mm. And always it's the same, yeah, but there will be children here and, and, and this and that. But yeah, we, we explained that it will be high enough and so on, that and that. And also that it has an educational component inside it and creates awareness. So it's, it's not a problem, really. We, we, should, we should include these bees in our life. Yeah. And that's what we want to do. And then with the school, on this project, we, we planted 17 trees. Inside, that was a compromis. Eh? Mm. So the 17 trees we planted was, was uh, a deal for cutting all these trees down on this, <laughs> on this playground. So okay. Yeah, okay. It's something, if you didn't have this compromis, you had nothing. But yeah, you can't really compare 17 young trees with 17 big trees of 20, yes, of 30 years old. It's not You yeah. yeah. can't compare it. We did this project with the, the schools and they planted these trees, which was really nice. And I, I always do a, a big talk before it, so they learn something. Mm. And that's something they take, I hope they take at home and then uh, hmm. <laughs> yeah, we uh, several years ago we did an, uh, a plant action with crocus uh, bulbs flowers uh, also with schools and then they come home and then I heard from parents they come home say I want to <laughs> I want to plant flowers <laughs> these bulbs inside yeah. our garden and then you yeah, then you achieve something. Yeah, 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 right, right. So right. I think we should do more in these schools too, okay. to include schools more because they are they are the future. Eh?
1: You tell us before about this big carp you put on the on the tree. Yeah. It's like, yeah, how do you call it? Um,
0: well, it's a, it's in fact a Swiss bee home. Eh? So it's Swiss made. They call it a Weissen Seifener hmm in English, they always call it a sunhive, I don't know why, but I prefer the name Weissencypher. Hängekorb, yeah. Okay. And it's really, uh, it's, it's really a, a nice project. Yeah.
1: So the idea is, I mean, you put this Hängekorb this on, on a tree, yeah. and there come bees on it, so and they started to, yeah. to, That's to leave there.
0: We invite the bees. That's a big difference with classic beekeeping, classic beekeeping. Yeah, the the bees can't be bee anymore. We control them so much, so they we don't allow them to swarm because also the swarms and what will the people and the neighbors say? You can't do that. And also by preventing them, the 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 colony is uh, remaining big enough to get more honey, and that's what it's all about. The honey. Mm-hmm. We want to harvest honey. So in classic beekeeping, we don't want this honey anymore. Just the honey is just for the bees. Especially when you are in such a green desert as ours, so everything they gather is should be for them.
1: Okay, but it's not the 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 idea of of beekeeping is not to to harvest honey.
0: No, and it's also not to to it's not to to harvest honey. It's just to to create a home for the bees because there are not enough homes for bees in nature. Uh, bees they are in fact uh, they are living inside hollow trees yeah they are no hollow trees in our garden they are uh, really big trees from hundreds more than 100 years old and they are uh, hollow areas in it Mm. so they can but for the rest there is nothing left maybe and then uh, an, an, uh, an empty chimney or something like that. Okay. I, I know a swarm which is, which is in an empty chimney in, the, in our village. But the main idea of this Hengegarbe is to invite a swarm. So our bees, they just swarm and the swarm is hanging there. Is mm. It's hanging there and you can reach it. You can take the swarm, put it in another hive. Mm-hmm. If you can't and it's just too high up, yeah, I just leave it there. And one of these swarms just and they just invited themselves inside this hanging That's that, awesome. that was just the whole idea, and it was really crazy because we we hanged this hanging carb, mm-hmm. and four days after it there was a swarm inside it that was beautiful, it was really beautiful, yeah, yeah. we thought well, yeah it would maybe take a year or so, but four days after there okay. was already a swarm in it, so yeah that was uh a great project we didn't do anything we still don't do anything but we lowered it just to see eh, if there was some honey there wasn't so i have to feed them and that's what we encounter with this natural beekeeping we don't treat them eh, against parasites like Varroa or virus we don't Mm. treat them i have the impression after five six years they they come through winter but we have to feed them. If we don't feed these bees, they die. Yeah. So what we are seeing now is that without treatment against the diseases, somehow they, they find a way to deal with these diseases through natural selection. It's natural. Yeah. In the beginning, I had some losses. Now I have the less losses. But if I don't feed them, I have deaths. That colonies so our conclusion is that yeah we have to we have to feed them and plant 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 eh? like I said Friday we plant and we won't stop till we drop (laughs) (laughs) Yeah Yeah.
1: No that's right. You learned about the beekeeping first with your wife Sarah and then you just switch or change from traditional beekeeping to natural beekeeping. Why are you so fascinated with these bees? With the bees.
0: With the bees, if I'm so fast, well I was always a bit busy with with green and nature, not really inside the bees, and that's really interesting because I met Sarah in 2008, 2009, I think, and was a bit the first thing she says she she doesn't have really this background of of the screen, but she was also yeah it came it really the idea came from Sarah, so hmm. why shouldn't we do a course beekeeping? So I immediately said yes, yeah, agreed. And at that time, I wasn't really busy with, with these bees. So we did one year, eh, basic beekeeping, second year, advanced beekeeping. We learned everything you had to know about the life of bees and and how you should treat them to get this honey. Mm-hmm. Eh? And then we started, we got a hive from um, from a family, an old family family. Uh, from Sarah mm-hmm. yeah. so the first year 23 really didn't went very well and say yeah you have to treat 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 otherwise it won't manage so we started to treat but pff, the problems kept going one hive zero hive one mm-hmm. hive, two hive, zero hives and said ah oh. and what you have to do you have to use this this acid strips or put drops on it on bees and to prevent swarming You really have to put all the. the, There are really windows inside. Mm -hmm. You have to put them out and you have to find the the swarming cells and Mm. to cut them out. and uh, It was really a mess. Bees everywhere. Stress. And I didn't feel good about it. Also, the beehive is very dependent upon the the temperature inside the hive. Every week, when you open this hive, there's a temperature drop which, yeah, the varroa mice likes it, eh? mm. this temporary job. So I said, no, no, it's nothing for me. Or I will stop with <laughs> beekeeping. <laughs> but then I heard about a more epicentric way of beekeeping, natural beekeeping, that you you, you can just leave this beehive alone. Mm. And it's, mm. yeah, it's such logic. At that time, it doesn't, yeah, it was really a revelation. Mm. You just do nothing. <laughs> and I experimented uh, with um with several types of beehives, like André has, uh, and also this uh, Weissensevener Hanging Corp. I have a bar hives, I have Oare hives, uh, all, all, all types of hives, and the bees are doing rather well now, in every hive uh, I, I, I put them in. And then I also discovered that my grandfather also was, <laughs> was a beekeeper. So it was in blood. <laughs> oh, so something sometimes my genes is yeah, there, yeah. that mm-hmm. I, yeah, it, it, I discovered afterwards. It's not because my grandfather was a beekeeper. I started beekeeping, but yeah, apparently it has to do yeah. Some, natural uh, selection. Natural <laughs> selection. Somewhere <laughs> in the genes, there's a gene or something yeah. like that.
1: Yeah. Nice, no, nice. But it's, I mean, I find interesting that you said like by doing nothing, you are doing a lot. So yeah. it's not not doing nothing. Yeah, it's because
0: classical beekeeping, when we, we talking about amount of of colonies, eh, it was really one, zero, two, zero, maybe three, zero. Then one of a sudden, I, I tried to you have to multiply your hives. Mm. Eh? So on the, on an artificial way, eh? so you, you just split your hive and, boop, boop. and then I had ten. I made ten. Eh? Mm. Yeah, the winter after I had again three. Yeah. But then I did do nothing, and I went from from one to three, then for three to two, for two to six, wow. yeah, and then to nine, and last year I went from nine to seven. I have fourteen, hmm. so you see the difference. And I have too many hives for this green desert. This is a prob- problem now. Yeah. So I'm thinking, yeah, there are just too many honeybees now for this for this green desert and for me now i'm thinking about it so maybe i shouldn't feed them anymore yeah Yeah. and then Mm -hmm. and then select on the honeybees who are more resilient with a less amount of food i i don't need this this 10 beehives Mm -hmm. it will be too much so i know already now i have such feelings after winter i will be less maybe five because they don't find enough food in our environment but i i won't mind i have just five they will be the five who are dealing with the situation Mm. so i think not only on on on, on, uh, on diseases you can select On a natural way. I think only on the amount of food you can select on a natural way that you have. Maybe we have to decide, oh, we will become smaller. Because when we become smaller, we don't need this large amount of food. So that's what I'm now thinking about. Maybe I shouldn't feed them anymore. But yeah, it's just... Then you see your colony dying eh? and it's... yeah. I look at it like yeah, you look at the dog or you look at the cat You mm. want to starve your your dog. Eh? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you don't want to starve this colony because you know you can do something about it. But
1: <laughs> so you have been part of our new initiative, bees and Trees, Giraffe Heroes Fighting for Climate Adaptation. Yeah. What are you planning to do if we manage to achieve our goal if the crowd just support us what what is what is your
0: the most important thing we want to achieve really on the countryside with us is awareness we want to increase this amount of awareness which isn't there it's slightly increasing also with putting the hive there the people are interested it's really beautiful hive as well so you can explain but before I thought, yeah, we are we are making plans eh, for planting trees inside. I showed this picture inside this village estate. Eh? We, we would we made a, a suggestion to plant about one hundred seventy-eight trees would mm. be there. Yeah, should we should we collect money to pay that? No, that was the first idea, and don't think we should because it's the responsibility of the village council. To say we want this, mm-hmm. to plant these trees and we want to invest in it, it's not because they don't want don't want to pay for it that we should pay for it. I think we should use this money to increase awareness, to think of of, of actions we can make, we can do mm-hmm. to increase the awareness inside the village council, so the people politics eh, who decide. But also, and more important, the people, for instance, that living inside the the living state, because we encounter vandalism mm-hmm. yeah? so the trees we, we planted with 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 these kids, two or three almost every year they are they are vandalized, and then the politics say, yeah, yeah look, yeah, they don't want trees, why should we plant trees then? <sighs> That's what, we, we had this, this meeting on when, last Wednesday, and it was really a depressing of the depressing meeting with the uh, advisory board, the en- environmental advisory board that advises the council. It's really depressing. And the politicians are sitting there and say, yeah, yeah, but we have to ask the people that are living there, because maybe they won't like it. And
1: That's how, how it's possible that you won't like to have no, trees.
0: No, <laughs> yeah, but and the, and, and the village council, they signed the climate adaptation charter, eh? We made a climate adaptation charter and it's in eh, and trees and all these things and you have ponds to, to for water infiltration and things like that. Design it and then you come a practical solution That inside the charter. They won't do it because, yeah, the people won't like it. So we have to work <laughs> mm. about it and I think... With the money we should, we can collect. We have to think about projects we can do, measures we can take to increase the awareness, because then, yeah, it will be more easy to um, to do other projects and, and, and plant trees because being without being vandalized afterwards. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. Of course, you have to you have to create a conscience. So but let's to, let's say I yeah. give you right now like. All the money you need and the power and the choice and you have you have the ability to do whatever you want what is the first thing you will change right now
0: i think it would be inside our village yeah you have the, the department that maintains the green areas inside our village and they are just doing it like they did 30 40 years ago <laughs> i would just reorganize it so i would reorganize green department of our village council that's firstly i think it would be a very important thing and also you should invest in, in in just these green areas well like i said every area inside the center of the village is really to build and there are some spots potential green spots eh? Mm. That are left that can become green spots for children to play in because the the, the building uh, the, the living has stayed there. It, it don't have one playground. One don't have one oh, playground. This, this, this and so there is one one empty area inside it, and they want to build it as well. Eh? Hmm. So it's just but the one full, so without any playground. So what I would do with every money i would have but it would be a lot of money is just buy <laughs> as a village council buy these spots and make green areas of it and you have several around the village so every uh, living escape has his own so yeah i think when you have the money there's a lot you can do to increase the, the amount of green inside inside the village
1: what is your message to our crowd
0: Message, yeah, plant, 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 and don't stop till you drop.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Hendrik, for your visit.
0: I'm glad to be part of this uh, nice initiative.
1: Next week, Tom Amatz is going to be talking to Chris Malins, a giraffe hero who is also part of this campaign, and a teacher and a researcher, and has been developing holistic nature-based educational ideas for teachers and children for over a decade. He also has a special interest in tree morphology, and overall, his educational work focuses on the importance of experiential interaction with nature for kids and adults alike. They are also going to be talking about Chris's Green Transitioning Program. Dear listeners, our nature is at risk through exploitation and climate change. Therefore, the Giraffe Heroes Foundation is fighting for climate adaptation and the regeneration of a healthy environment. We start at community level and with practical skills, naturalizing villages with trees and plants, reinvigorating the bees, teaching the crafts and the arts necessary in our times. With your help, we can give this work a greater impact and make it the start of the paradigm change. We are inviting you to come on board, be part of the struggle of the common goal, to keep the planet a human affair. If you want to be part of it, go please to WeMakeIt.com, look for our project, Climate Adaptation, the Bees and Tree Initiative, and have a look at the great rewards you can get while supporting us. That's it for today. You were listening to Stick Your Neck Out, the podcast to restore your faith in humanity. I am Jean-Pierre Aguiar Duranona. We are proud to share every week inspirational stories from remarkable individuals, stories that come from many different places. We want to hear your stories too. If you'd like to tell us about your frontline hero, visit us at giraffe-heroes.eu. You'll find the Giraffe Hero Stories every Tuesday on Spotify, iTunes, our homepage, and every other place where you hear your podcast. Join us on our social media. We are also on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Join us again next week.
0: Stick your neck out the weekly podcast of the Giraffe Heroes Foundation.